Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends of the pod, to another episode of Colton Classic Podcast. I am super excited about today. Of course, Colton Classic Podcast, the podcast where we bring you cult and mainstream films that are thematically linked. We also like to bring you surprise guests and fun stuff like that. Uh, so today we have a very, very special guest. We have with us burlesque icon, uh, Hazel Honeysuckle. How are you doing, Hazel? I'm doing great. Thanks. Awesome. We were just chatting beforehand uh, and I realized, are you in your, are you in your sewing craft room? Yeah. Yeah. That's, this is where I make all the magic. The magic happens. I I'm, I'm used to the look because down here in Palm Springs, uh, we have uh, not just retired people. We also have a drag community down here. And I feel like I often look in windows downtown and see like just boxes and boxes of, of rhinestones and sequin dot and all sorts of crazy stuff like that so feel right at home oh yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of um uh, design overlap between uh, burlesque and drag <laughs> i'm sure and uh so i mean you really are kind of a, a modern burlesque icon you're working right now you're doing what five nights a week for the absence show at caesar's palace in vegas that's right yeah that's and you do Show's two shows a night right yeah yeah that is that's got to be exhausting actually um it's it's a lot less exhausting than when I used to do full-time burlesque in New York City which is where really? I was before here um you know taking your suitcase on the subway every night to a different <laughs> place and, and packing that's true, and packing. Um, that's true. you know well, but it it is very very uh exciting to be a performer on the on the street that's, that's sure. yeah I mean first so if anyone listening to this podcast, I know we have a lot of international listeners, Las Vegas truly is sort of the grime and beauty capital of the world. I absolutely love it. I love the fact that it never closes. I love that I can carry my drink outside of the club all the way across the street to the next casino. Um, I love that there's opportunities for uh, um, people in need and homeless individuals to get paid to hand out escort cards to women and children on the street. I, I just, I absolutely love the whole vibe down there. Um, and my wife and I are super excited to go see your show now that everybody here is fully vaccinated and I can walk around without fearing of spreading the plague. How's the vaccination down there? Is, is it available? 
Oh yeah, it's available. We're hoping people continue to get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a. I've got family on the East Coast where it's less prevalent, and they're like, "Yeah, no, they have a surplus here because people are like, I don't trust it." I'm like, "Hmm. Well, one can only hope." Um. So. Right, exactly. So of course, people can go see uh, more of you if they've never seen you perform. You've got awesome click packages and stuff on hazelhoneysuckle.com. Um, but before we get in, I want to talk uh, about Boldly Stripped. This is your new Kickstarter that's in uh, progress right now. Ends June 10th, correct? Uh, up until June 10th, that's right. Um, we launched it about a week ago, and we've raised a a lot of funds. Um, <laughs> eight hours, I think you were fully funded, right? Eight hours, we were fully funded. That's right. <laughs> now we're over 200%. But the important thing is what we're doing is we're creating some really high-end um, photography of myself dressed as a dozen different aliens from Star Trek, you know, full multi-layer costumes, body paint, prosthetics, sets, props, um, and we're making a 52-page book that you can buy. And, you know, there's all kinds of other add-ons, photos, a little action figure, um, stuff like that. I, I was going to have to say, actually, we're, Colton Classic is a, a, a Kickstarter of your project and couldn't resist uh, the action figure. You just went in for a body scan for it, you said, right? I saw that on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I've got a I've got a picture of it with my with little star stickers yeah. all over my face and and costume so they could you know track it. That's so cool! I cannot wait to see all those extras. And we've got a place of honor in our studio here for all of our fantastic guests that we uh, deem worthy. And so we've got going to have our our print up there of you as well for all the people coming into the studio. And uh, it's really cool. I think you've got, there's two versions, right? You've got the, the, the lingerie version, which is no uh, nudity, really. Um, titillation without the nudity. And then you have the nude version, correct? And they're both the same cost. What, what exactly is the difference? Are they actually different photographs? There will be different photographs. You know, some of them will be the same, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, it's, it, each, each photo shoot will be kind of a little story about, you know, why is this person getting naked? They're not going to be very good stories, but that's not really why we come here, you know. Um, there, yeah, I just, I, you know, I wanted this to appeal to the widest audience possible, and not everyone wants, you know, nudity. So I sure. thought it would be a good option to give people. Well, and I think your photographer is Danger, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, so that's Danger with three R's, I think is how she... With three R's, that's okay. Correct. And uh, have you worked with Danger before? Yeah, Danger and I um, started burlesque about the same time in New York City. We used to perform in shows together. They started um, producing some really great nerdy burlesque shows. Um, we did a New York Comic Con. It was well, they they produced the New York Comic Con show that I performed in. Um, you know, and now and now they've moved into uh, photography and are fantastic. You know, all kinds of beautiful like fantasy and cosplay work um so we're working together very this. cool very cool well and I, I of course listeners will have uh, a link to the kickstarter as well as hazel's uh, website and all that jazz in the notes so make sure you check that out i promise you i will not do my regular thing of spelling out all of the links because that is uh grading and i will probably screw it up 
so let's let's get into this here. So first off, and guys, if you can hear, I'm not sure I have a pretty good mic, but there is uh, about a 3600 blade lawnmower going on outside. This is the hazards of living on a golf course. Um, so apologies for that. But is Star Trek like is that special to you? What did you um, was the Boldly Project something that you had been thinking about for a long time? Or was it just an aha moment? Star Trek was something that I did not really, um, I didn't really watch as a, as a kid growing up. I, I didn't know about it. Um, I started watching it, I think around high school or college and then, you know, eventually got, got into all of it. Um, but where this project came from was, you know, I was, I was, out of work for a year right so join the club <laughs> right yeah you, you mean you didn't decide to start a podcast maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm not a talker um <laughs> you are doing but, great thank you um yeah i i was sitting around thinking you know what's something that i could create while i cannot perform on a stage in front of people and um you know, initially I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if I did a calendar, a nice little project that I could put out during the pandemic and, you know, just feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> um, and then, and then I, I got really attached to the idea and in order to do it right, you know, it would be expensive to produce the looks mm -hmm. in the quality I wanted to. So I ex expanded it into this book and this whole this whole project and um, I'm very happy with the way it's going. And I am well, looking forward to it. Well, just looking at the Kickstarter, it looks phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's totally on point. And I love that it's really, it, it feels like such a tribute to the original series. Um, I can even see you've got one of the costumes in the back there uh, on, on a rack, I think. And yeah. it, it's, I feel like it's a real great niche to work into because as a Trek fan, we have, lots of talk of intellectualism and things like that. And of course that's a huge and moral compass. Those are all parts of it. But I feel like we kind of get shafted on the sexy side of things, you know? Um, <laughs> Star Wars, I feel like at least, at, at least Carrie Fisher was in a gold bikini, you know what I mean? Like, whereas Star Trek, we forget that there's this very, you know, romanticized, um, masculine, feminine, sometimes play, play in the original series that has sort of, uh, been looked over and so to see a project like this where it's like it's sex it's cheesecake and it's something we love like star trek i just it really i think there's a great place for it and i think um obviously i'm not the only one uh because <laughs> there are many more people than us that submitted to the kickstarter do you think this is going to be like have you have you thought hmm maybe i'll do another project uh or is it going to take another pandemic to to knock it out oh i mean from the start, I was thinking, you know, say this, say this actually works. Maybe we'll do, we'll do another volume and we'll, we'll add more performers, you know, because, or, or models, because, uh, you know, I don't have to be in everything. It would be great to, you know, add more diversity in the models. And I, and I can't relate as a stand up comedian who started his own podcast that he's on every episode. I can't relate, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, well, you get a lot more options when you have two models. You know, you can have sure. uh, Kirk versus Gorn, or that's right. I would love to see a sexy oh. spread of Gorn. I mean, come to Palm Springs, you know, <laughs> get lounging in the pool. Um, I'd love to see 
They'll have to see, you know, Gorn and Kirk uh, poolside. Uh, that would at the Ace Hotel. That'd be a great, you know, little little setup. Um, well, I, am, I am planning on having a survey for backers later on that they can they can vote on some of the aliens that we do later in the book. Excellent. So, Very exciting. There's so many to choose from. Possibilities still. <laughs> Everybody's furiously voting, like, don't let Nate vote. Um, yeah, no, that's that's a great idea. So very cool. Um, I also uh, got into Star Trek in my teens, but my wife, uh, she got into Star Trek when it showed up on Netflix and we, I was like, oh, we should watch this. And then she's like obsessed now. Like she's, you know, on the Instagram feeds and Twitter feeds and everything um, more than I am like I, telling me things. I'm like, no, I didn't know that. I, <laughs> I feel a little remiss in my knowledge. Um, oh, you're getting out nerded. That's right. Exactly. It's it's not that uncommon, actually. I have to say, we we have our own we have our own niches. But um, so when we do this segment, uh, I always have a bunch of questions. I usually talk ninety percent of the time, and we go over one of them as opposed to all of them. But I want to ask you some questions. Uh, first up is the one we always ask: Do you have like a desert island movie or TV show? Something that if you just had one thing to pick, you're like, this would be the best one for me. Um. I think if we were talking movie, it would have to be The Princess Bride. Very, very good choice. I mean, we have huge Princess Bride fan, you know, base going on. I'm one of those that I, I got put in nerd jail because I didn't see it until I was like 30. Um, and, you know, uh, and then I was like, you know, it could have done without the framing story. Well, that shut me down. I almost didn't get married over that, I think. Um, <gasps> I know. I know. Oh, dear I know. you. I've come around. I've since come around. We we paid and watched the live stream they did to benefit the the Democratic Party in Wisconsin. We did everything. I swear. Oh, um, that's wonderful. But but that yeah. So cool. I didn't get to watch that. It's um, it's pretty. You know what? You can find it floating around online. I'm just like, you know what? If I can't get it, I'll bootleg it and I'll donate thirty dollars to you know charities. <laughs> that's, nice. the way, that's the way we do it in the cult world here. Yeah. yeah. So and if you had a show, is there one that you watch? obsessively um gonna go with deep space nine deep space nine that's an interesting we have one of our our regular contributors jeff tucker is a big deep space nine fan we've had some discussions on this um i i don't know how to feel about that i don't know how to feel it is the most varied of all of the series i think it's um, it's it's the most like it's got the arc you know, you have you have character arcs, you have story arcs, you have like this whole melodrama of the of the war and everything. Like for individual episodes, probably the next generation is sure. really is really your your go to. But yep. if you <laughs> well, Deep Space Nine, like, you know, it also takes place in a bar, right? Like I, I wouldn't have been surprised had Deep Space Nine been running right now that you did this book and they'd be like, Hazel, could you come? perform please we need like a six-armed alien burlesque dancer i know i know the dream oh, the dream you never know be... there's a there is a place here in vegas you know where they used to have the star the, trek experience. yes mm -hmm. and and some of it some of the architecture it's still there they didn't disassemble it there's like like a caf uh, there's like a cafeteria yeah that's true that would be a great place for a photo shoot also i don't know how that would have, it never yeah. shuts down i don't know how you'd ever do that but you know <laughs> um yeah i i was 
I was thinking I, I briefly almost worked for a place that does these traveling TV shows where they get a lot of the people from the show. And it's, it's like a comic convention, but very regulated. You know, you go from room to room kind of thing. It's not a big open space. Uh, and they do the Trek conventions in Vegas now. And uh, and I was thinking, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if 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 you showed up on stage at one of those. I'm 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 sure they're listening right now thinking stealing stealing Nate's ideas. Um, but yeah, that would be pretty cool. Right. Whisper it in. Uh, yeah. So that's great. Um, Deep Space Nine. I, I actually I can totally see that, um, especially since I think that's the one that's been rerun the least. Uh, I feel like a lot of people you have to go watch the series from beginning to end. And it has Michael Dorn in it. I can't get enough Worf. So uh, when he comes he back, everything. oh, he should be in everything. I just I want him to I wanted him to do the intro to our podcast. Um, yeah. in his in his voice. But yeah, no, no such luck. If you're listening, Michael, I know you're listening. So, okay, so you've got your Desert Island show, you've got your Desert Island movie. I like that they're, they're both different. You've got the sci-fi and you've got uh, the, the sort of fantasy element. Is there something that is a like really loved movie uh, that a lot of people really like that you don't like, you just don't get it, you don't, or you just hate it for some reason? Probably. This is where we get our nerd cards pulled sometimes, you know? <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I was I, trying to think about that, but I think for me it's the Goonies, um, and I think that's also because I didn't see it until I was an adult, and so the there was no nostalgia attached to it, and I'm just like, oh yeah, that can be is, a problem for that type of movie. Yeah, I was like, this is just a lot of people speaking badly in ways that I have a hard time understanding. Running around, the set pieces are fantastic. I'm like, I, I but I, I watch Indiana Jones again, you know. Um, it's like it's like Indiana Jones with kids. Exactly, exactly. I'm like, look, the only kid I want to see in Indiana Jones is the one that gets his heart pulled out. Um, <laughs> I want to get get hate mail over that one. Yeah, no. Uh, so so there's nothing you hate. Is there something? Um, if you had one TV show that's recent or on now that you could guest spot on, that would be your dream. What would it be? Oh gosh. I know that's a good one. Especially since when you put it out in the ether, I feel like it gives chances for things to happen. The last thing I watched was Hand Handmaid's Tale. So I definitely don't want to be on that. Right, I was going to say. I was like, hmm, that's on my list of I never want to be on that show. Uh, oh, um, you know the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Of course, yes. I, I actually have a bunch of friends that have been in that because- Right, your New York connections and everything. They've gone into the New York burlesque scene mm -hmm. and burlesque performers for- some of the roles and that's been amazing to watch they even filmed in a couple of our burlesque venues too that's so cool i have to say I, i'm really i really miss the burlesque like there's just not a lot of burlesque outside of a couple hubs right of course las vegas to me is the the iconic because you have these beautiful stages and, and you also have the beautiful bars and everything is already to this like gaudy grandiose level um mm -hmm. and new york of course and then you get some in la i know you did absinthe la for a while, right? I did, um, yeah. That was that, like a that was a couple months. Um, get, I remember. I remember. Um, was disappointed because I missed it as often goes uh, with with things. I feel like I find out after uh, years later or months later is sometimes worse. But is there? Um, have you noticed a real rise in venue opportunity um, going from? I, I imagine originally when you were traveling. I mean, New York was kind of it in the states. Um, well, you know, the, <laughs> when you're talking about 
burlesque venues, it's mostly, you know, you find a bar that has a stage right. or just an area, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's a very kind of underground, um, do it yourself art form. Mm -hmm. uh, they have us on the open mics on Monday nights. And then on Tuesday nights to have you guys come in, you know, right, right. We, they won't look away from the TVs when we're on, but when you're on, I they'll look away from the TVs for a while. The first, the first show that I was like that I had a part in producing was um, a group called the Rhinestone Follies that we form. I formed um, with that's, a couple girls. That's a great name. Yeah, we did it. We did a classic burlesque style, um, and it was in it was in a back room of a bar that had two poles on the stage, and you know it fit maybe like fifty people. And you know that's the kind of thing. I also used to do a show in in a bar where the stage was a was a wooden door on four paint cans. <laughs> wow! You know, it's, really, it's really wherever you can right. put up a show, you put it up. So if you were to describe, because I think a lot of people, because burlesque is it has such a storied history, and also I'm not going to say misunderstood because titillation and stripping is a part of it. But I feel like a lot of people just think, oh, it's it's a stripping. It's it's you know, and I think that there's probably more to that. Do you encounter that? And how do you describe it to people who really don't have a vision of what it is? It is a blend of a bunch of different things, and it and it's always going to vary depending on the performer. You know, you 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 take you take bits of of what you want to do. You know, because because it is there is no like very specific definition of of like this is burlesque and this is not burlesque generally it's you know you start with clothes you end with fewer clothes and <laughs> there's music you know but also there are reverse strips where you come out naked and you put clothes on or maybe you're doing a spoken word while you take clothes off you know you can or I'm sorry, fun. nipple tassels. That looks hard. I don't understand the, like, I'm not good enough at physics or coordination <laughs> to make that happen. <laughs> so things like that, um, it just sort of like blow my mind. It's, it's almost like, I love how when sometimes a great performance takes it just from, oh, that's really sexy to kind of, I'm kind of amazed like you you actually pulls you back and you're just like whoa it's when the that rocky moment when the cheering goes from beat him up to like rocky rocky you know you're just like whoa it's that extra level um that goes into it you give it if you can you, you can surprise the audience in some way you know like maybe the costume comes off in an unexpected way or you do you all of a sudden do this like crazy trick or you come out sexy and then do something very funny or goofy Mm -hmm. you know the kind that kind of thing it's it's just showmanship you know I saw clips of your cookie monster yeah that that looks fun it also I was like now I want cookies and I'm trying to be on a diet that's a tough spot to be in but you know Sorry. when you you know like and, and interacting with the crowd seems like another part of it um especially mm -hmm. you know when you've got I mean you were you were also voted most lovable burlesque performer I think right <laughs> yeah. Is that, I don't know, I don't know how those votes are tallied, but that's a good one to have. That's, yeah, the New York Burlesque Festival does these awards that are really kind of a, just a joke, you know, mm -hmm. we all vote on, we all vote on the website, but, um, but that was a really fun one to get. Well, it's cool because there are, there, like you said, it depends on the performer. Like you look at somebody, I think probably the most well-known modern visual icon people think of with burlesque would be Dita Von Teese, And she's got that very, I'm not going to say icy, but like, it's a very aloof 
vibe. Do you know what I mean? It's not the same as, yes, exactly. Like a little bit higher than you, a little bit on a pedestal away. It's a little less approachable and that's, it's totally valid, but you know, you've got a different thing going in yours. And so I totally see where the award is like, oh, okay, I can get that. Like someone who is, you know, you can talk to offstage as well. Um, and that's, yeah. that's kind of cool. I've uh, definitely relied a lot on like being cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's not just, um, I think a lot of, I mean, as a stand-up comedian, I can very much relate. It's like, wow, I like to make, you know, uh, like stupid dick jokes on stage. And that's how I disarm people. Um, you know, and it's like, it's, it's sort of this barrier, but also I think we often hear the word barrier and we're like, well, that's a bad thing. You're keeping people away. And it's like, well, it's also, it's allowing for a distance where I can connect with someone without fear or without my own nerves affecting me like it's it's a way to show them what i want to show them without um uh the utter complete fear of screwing it up somehow uh and i think i think that might be a i don't know if that's a similar parallel with some of the stage persona versus personal persona for a burlesque performer well like you you know burlesque is one of the only dance forms that uh, breaks the fourth wall right like mm -hmm. you are teasing the audience with something um so so if you can if you can um connect with them in that way and you eventually you find out you know what what really gets to them and what is really entertaining them versus like they're just watching right yeah, they're they're the guy in the front row whose wife is laughing and he's not laughing at all. And you're like, you're like, hey, the wife's how are you having a good time? And there's no reaction. You're like, this is the dry well. Uh, yeah, you got to get them going at some point. Um, and I think that interaction, it's got to feel. I can only imagine it feels good because you you step off stage and it gives you, you know, like I know when I get off of a decent comedy set or even if I just think it was okay, I feel like I've been given so much energy. Um, you know, this rush and, uh, and then, you know, later on I'll crash, but the, the rush of being on stage and having everybody paying attention to me is, uh, something that it, it's nice because when I'm doing a performance that did well, it doesn't feel just like I'm taking, it's a give and take. It's like, we actually had a connection and a conversation. And I think that's one of the things I love so much about burlesque is that you use all of these, as you said, it's a lot of different elements. You know, there's camp, there's sexy, there's skill, there's, there's dancing. You make all your own costumes. I saw for the most part. I do. Yeah. That's impressive as well, because uh, I can say for a fact uh, that as a comedian who wears a button up shirt and jeans for everything, uh dressing is not a part of my uh, not a part of my <laughs> skill set um i'm gonna i'm gonna wind up with this last one uh this last question for you um do you have a favorite holiday film or are you not white. a holiday person which one white christmas white christmas that's so classic that's it so doesn't even have that much christmas in it no, it doesn't. It's, it's sort of a movie that Christmas is in the title and it's the background. Yeah. Yeah. What is my, it about White Christmas that is your like the thing that draws uh, you the most? Well, you know, it's it's got all of the all of the showgirls and everything, which I really love. <laughs> that's that's um, true. The songs, the friendships, um, except for the snow song. You know, when they sing about snow. Yes, I do. 
That is That's bizarre. <laughs> Who wants to wash their hair in snow? It's gross, Why especially would... since you learn that snowflakes are formed around a piece of dirt, essentially. Everyone has a piece of dirt. I'm like, look, I already have hard water. Like, I didn't even shower today. That's why I'm on Zoom, you know? Like, I have Vaseline rubbed over this camera right now, for those of you watching, to soften this up. Um, yeah, it's a weird one, especially, I always cringe because I'm kind of a germaphobe, even though I know it's not a big deal, especially in California, where we have, like, acid rain content. I'm like, don't don't take snow in your mouth. That's weird. That's weird, guys. Like, it's a cute idea. And then, and then when I actually put it to the next thing, it's like, yep, that passing jetliner, you know, jet fuel made those beautiful snowflakes. Just get them all in there. Get those carcinogens in. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't worry that much about, about the, the, the snow content, but, um, really does depend on where you are. Yeah, plus, I mean, I drink diet soda, so there's there's nothing that I could be getting from snow that isn't already, you know, uh, preserving my body for decades to come. Um, so White Christmas, that's a good one. I think I would probably pick um, a, a Charlie Brown Christmas, which is like, I mean, it's Aww. barely close, but I love that. My, I, uh, my wife has no interest in it. Her family did It's a Wonderful Life, um, which, is always fun, except I didn't realize we watched it again recently and I could not remember the flashback of um, Bailey getting his ears boxed by the pharmacy guy. His ears are bleeding. It's horrible. I was like, good God, terrible. Huh, anyway, that, that haunted me. I actually only watched that movie for the first time uh, this past Christmas. Really? It. Uh, and I, and what was funny is like, I connected the movie to, to, to so many like references yes and, like, absolutely other... it's been referenced so many times i'm that's why that joke is there okay. exactly i'm a big mystery science theater and riff tracks fan we've had mary joe peel and and uh bridget nelson on the show before and um awesome. they recently did uh, uh mike nelson and the guys did uh it's a wonderful life so i urge everybody to go watch that because they did a hilarious job with it but the movie does have some great lines like the you know he's making violent love to me mother like that's one of my favorite lines because it was not something i expected to come from the movie at all um and so that's become a local quote but uh but yeah so those are good ones so christmas movies christmas uh, christmas in uh in may and june enjoy folks that's what you got to look forward to for the end of the year. Maybe we actually can see each other this Christmas. So make sure you wear your masks, make sure you get vaccinated. Um, and I guess hope everybody that doesn't and doesn't want to and doesn't believe in it dies off so we can actually have a party at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, well, I've hit our mark. Um, I just want to say again, guys, please visit hazelhoneysuckle.com. Check out uh, Boldly Stripped, the Kickstarter going on uh, up until June 10th. It is super cool, super sexy, super fun. There's all sorts of awesome extras too that are not very expensive. Uh, get the action figure. The action figure sounds like the coolest thing ever. Um, I was gonna say that, that's like my dream. Then I was like, I guess if I had Henry Cavill's body and then my head scanned, I would accept it. Um, but not, I know, right? Like that's pretty good. You don't even have to have the head. Just give me Henry Cavill's body and I don't need a head at that point. Um, but is there anything else you wanna, uh, you wanna say or, or tell people, direct people to your Instagram? Um, I mean, you can, you can visit me anywhere on the internet. Just look up Hazel Honeysuckle. Uh, it's all on my website. Ooh, yeah. so. 
It's true. And of course, go see Absinthe in Las Vegas as soon as you get the chance. Uh, I can't wait. It looks absolutely phenomenal. The Caesars Palace, five uh, nights a week, two shows a night. You cannot miss it. And this has been Colton Classic Podcast. I am your host, Nate Wyckoff. And our guest has been the lovely and talented Hazel Honeysuckle. Thank you guys for listening. Catch us next week for a brand new two shot of a mainstream and occult movie. And we will be in your earballs at that time. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.